Welcome to the Rock Your Life Show. Where questions meet answers. The profound meets the mundane. And we help you rock rock your your life. life. We are your hosts, the Vignatis. I'm Tracy. And I'm Fabrice. Well, I think we might be past some of our cold weather and inching our way into spring. Well, we're going to see that. I hope so, because uh, I'm freezing. Well, because April shower, well, no, we're in March, but anyway. Hopefully we'll get some flowers, but we're still going to be skiing. I think it's going to be a long season, skiing season. Yeah, I'm up for that. And uh, what better way than to spend some time with young people to keep you feeling young, right? Yes, exactly. That's what we're going to do. So the topic of today. Well, uh, today's topic is something that each and every one of us should really consider implementing into your lives. It's... uh, empowering and developing youth. And it's up to us because youth are the future. We, we get self-absorbed, we get self-interested, and we forget that the old adage of children should be seen and not heard is definitely in the past, and every child should have a voice and should have opportunities presented to him, to themselves. So they are brought into this world and they need to be nurtured to become strong adults. Yes, we did a podcast on youth, but this one is a little bit different. Youth, the other one was a podcast about youthful spirit. This one is more about... Actually about the human beings, the youth, correct. young adults and young children that are alive today. And guess what? We have an amazing guest today. Yes. We're super excited. Yes. So... He is one of South Africa's foremost musicians, and he's jet-setting the globe with performances from Berlin to Shanghai, Delhi, Sydney, Carnegie Hall. That's just naming a few. And as a Grammy Award winner, an eight-time South African Music Award-winning flautist or flutist, if you will, and a composer, He possesses deep passion for helping youth, which led him to a collaboration in 2018 with the Nlovu Youth Choir. It's a rural choir based in Mutsi Limpopo, South Africa, winning them a spot, get this, in the 2019 finals of what? America's Got Talent. How awesome is that? And he uh, also collaborated with the Soweto Gospel Choir for his 2017 album, entitled Symphonic Soweto, a tribute to Nelson Mandela. For the last 18 years, he has sponsored 10 children in the SOS Children's Village in Ennerdale, South Africa, in addition to financing the building of a house in the SOS Children's Village in Rustenburg, South Africa. He continues to facilitate the teaching of young music and dance students in South Africa. So please welcome Voter Kellerman. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much me. for being here That's with us. That's a very fantastic welcome. Well, thank you for the introduction. Thank you, you just arrived from uh, uh, Australia, correct? Yeah, I was in Australia. I just uh, arrived uh, last night here in Los Angeles. Well, um, we're going to start right away with, we put together a few questions for you. And um, let's get right away into the first one. So, um, where does your passion uh, for empowering and developing youth come from, uh, from your experience? And personally, what do you gain by doing it? Um, well, actually, um, as Tracy already touched on, if you, if you can make a difference to a child, um, that child then takes that difference into um, his or her future and makes a difference to a whole lot of other people as they carry on living and they have kids and and that so it's actually the best investment i think of time mm, that I one, like that yeah that one can make um so but actually that's not really the reason i love um uh, working with kids is just because i love them <laughs> you know yeah. i really enjoy working with kids and uh and i uh I actually learn as much as I as I teach them. You know, I agree with you. You learn more about yourself. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and uh, the youthful spirit um, that you kind of need to keep reminding yourself of as you grow older. 
I mean, it uh, uh, it really uh, it, it's such a beautiful thing to 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 see how to be in the moment because uh, kids teach you that you know how to be in the moment and how to experience and live life. So, but the the, the reason I am involved with this, with them is just because I really love kids and I love spending time with them. Yeah, it's very simple. I mean, what and you have that passion, so why not just give back to them in the ways that you can? And you know what's funny? I think I get more nervous performing for kids than for adults because I feel like, especially the younger ones, they they will just tell you flat out how it, how they see it. If they don't like, that sounds funny. I mean, there, there's just they're, no filter. They're not going to be polite about oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> when we performed at the Grammy Museum, we had a lot of kids. Oh, yeah. And they were... It was f- great. Oh, you, that's no. good. Oh, that's not really good. Oh, they'll good. just they'll flat tell you. I don't <laughs> like that. I like that guitar. I don't like that one. <laughs> so we can understand where the... Uh, the, the, the living in the moment, that's something very mm-hmm. important. Yeah, yeah, that's something that kids, that you kind of unlearn as you grow up, as you become more responsible. And, and I mean, I think you do need to unlearn some of it um, because you need to learn how to plan and and um, organize yourself. And part of that is not to be always just in the moment and to think ahead, but I think we, we, we lose the ability to be in the moment in that process. And it's very sad that we do. So the kids, just spending time with kids bring you right back. Yeah, and you can see in their behavior when they may get yelled at or whatever, it's in that moment, and maybe 20 minutes later, they've forgotten about it. And yeah. we become adults and we hang on to that, and that's where resentment starts. And you start building up walls and things like that. And kids are just so free and pure. And they just, they forget about it. And that's funny you mentioned living in the moment because our February episode was on time, past, present, and future. Um, And we addressed those very things. That was our topic, yes. How to live in the present. We're in rhythm here. But you're talking, yeah, you're talking about the, basically the notion of innocence. Yes. That's what you're talking about. That's that's part of it, you know, and... uh, it's it's a skill to be in the moment that we as grown-ups uh, need to yeah. rediscover. And the youth brings definitely yeah, brings for that. For sure. So definitely, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I know that there are some humanistic traits that I think might be required for someone to really have an impact on a child's life or working with, with the youth. What do you think some of those traits maybe personality traits or whatever what makes someone better than better equipped or what what are some traits that someone should maybe possess to work with youth i think um the the main thing is that you need to know how to love them Mm. you know and i think if uh, if you love kids um and um that they will sense it and they will respond it respond to it and i think that's 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 basically it. And um, I think um, if you've grown up and you've needed love, um, you know, maybe you haven't received all the love that you wanted, actually puts you in touch with that need. So you kind of, um, I kind of feel because when I remember when I was a child, I had a pretty difficult time, mm. but um, that makes it easier for me now to love the kids because I know what they could possibly feel like and mm. how much they need the caring and the loving. So, but I, I think the bottom line is if you enjoy spending time with kids and if you love kids, then <laughs> that's all you need. Wow. Yeah. It's really simple. That's simple. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's that. And, and your attitude, even in front of that innocence, or in front, or since they are so in the moment, there's all kind of reaction from them. Yeah. How do you control? I mean, yourself just from the love. That's what it is. Yeah. I. I mean. Um, I think. Uh, well, in my case, I'm also very playful. So right. um, and. Uh, and, and, and again, I, I can relate to the playfulness in the kids and they can relate to me and uh, I kind of that makes it pretty easy. Um, but I think it's about the intent. Um, mm. You know, if you just love them, however, whatever personality you have, mm. you know, they, 
the kids know when they're being loved and they know when they're being encouraged, you know. And um, I think that's the main element that you need. Um, if you don't really like spending time with kids <laughs> and you don't really love them, then, you yeah. know, that's no, no Maybe point. Maybe not your jam. Yeah. 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 That's the essence <laughs> of, the, uh, of it, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I noticed through teaching that um, you see a lot of parents and I think that parents forget what it's like to be that age. Yeah. And so there's that disconnect and they just want to fit you in a mold rather than letting the child be and remembering what it's like feeling like that. Like you said, you had a rough go of it. So yeah. you can relate to that. And maybe yeah. certain parents have certainly what I've witnessed, especially in LA where there's a lot of pressure and competition among yeah. families and prestige and private school, this, that, and the other thing. And they want children to fit in a box. Oh, yes, and these yeah. are privileged kids, but yeah. they can be harmed as well. Definitely. You know, for my, with my kids, I, my main goal was um, to make sure they're happy. Um, and I wanted to teach them two main skills in life. The one is how to love and how to be loving. And the second one is to take responsibility for mm. your, what happens to you. You know, um, don't be uh, a victim and say this is what life did to you. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I see. so those are the two, uh, the two skills I wanted to impart. But I, you know, I think part of loving a child is, and as it is with loving anybody, is that you have to be able to project yourself and put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and imagine what they feel like, and uh, I think you know, in some empathy. Right. <laughs> so, like you're saying, you have to remember how you know how it feels to be in that age and. Uh, and if you're able to predict and, and, and really try to understand where they're coming from, then it becomes much easier. I mean, I think you do need some patience with that. Yeah, and I do think as well that uh, everybody had a different youth. Yeah. So everybody ha- will react and have maybe some of my, my compassion, some might turn to courage. I didn't have enough courage when I was young. Some people was like, well, I was not loved much, so I'm going to give more love. Mm. Or some people were, some parents or some youth or where they were living. Like me, I was living not in a great neighborhood. And for me, it was something that was displeasant. So I wanted to have a great environment and mm. live in a place. But when you're an adult and you have all those memories or you try to, I, I personally think that when I'm around kids, I'm trying to not get too involved in my personal life, but more giving them um, what I was missing maybe when I was young. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes. That's, <laughs> that's it. Right? Yeah, because yeah. you could give them what you have, but you as well try to f- give them what you never had. Yeah, well. yeah. And I think that's the advantage of not having had that those things. Yeah. Because um, then you, you know what how much the, the kids would need it. And you, and you can put there yourself in that child's position because you've been there yourself. Yes. So it's easier for you to put, put yourself in that position and be empathetic and then respond to it. It demands as well, I think it demands as well, a lot of uh, wisdom to see what kind of character has the kids because there's so many of them and they're not fully grown. So Yeah. Um, another question that we want to... This is more related, of course, because your background and you are South African. So we know that... Um, uh, there was a lot of residual effect of the apartheid, I'm sure, that affected all South African uh, uh, people. Um, and South Africa, I'm not sure if it's still, we think with stress is still suffering, maybe from residual from it and from inequality or affecting, uh, affecting the social and economic uh, ability of a large um, part of the population. Um, how how the, uh, has this has affected uh Youth, both now and maybe at your time, yeah. how did it was? How did that affect the youth? Yes, you know, um, during apartheid, the um, educational systems were very different for white and black children. Right. Okay. So uh, white children had a relatively much more privileged education, and um, so you know that is a long-lasting 
effect, the, the lack of education. Because, you know, the, 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 the parents that grew out of those, the, the, those educational systems now help teach their kids and they, they've, they've got a, um, you know, a deficit to overcome. And um, so that's just the nature of things that that would take, uh, it takes a long time to recover that, that, that deficit. And then that leads to, if, you, if you're not educated enough, it's more difficult to find employment. And um, so it is really a long-term project yeah. because if you don't have employment, then you don't make the money that, that could help you to look after your children. And uh, so, you know, it would take many, many generations. Did you think recover. that the youth is changing from every decade in South Africa? Yeah, I mean, I, I see the I, I see incredible advances being made, um, but the advances are much slower mm. than we all hoped for. Oh, I see. Um, so it's been extremely disappointing um, because partly, uh, you know, I don't think the new educational systems have been competently managed and run unfortunately the 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 poorest of the poor have not been uplifted as much as we've hoped for and mm. unfortunately there is definitely improvement and it's encouraging but it's at at the end of the line to me personally it's been disappointing you know we've all hoped to have made much more progress by now do you think it's that it could be partly governmental or do you think the private citizens need to be more involved i think the the government is um plays a big the the disappointment is very much um there's a big part of the government could have played that they didn't you know i think uh citizens i do see a lot of work being done by mm. citizens by yeah. everyday people and i see an incredible spirit in Uh, in everyday South Africans in helping each other and being kind and gentle with each other and encouraging each other. So from that point, it's actually a huge miracle and a transformation that's taken place over the decades. But I just think um, the, the challenge has been that, the, I mean, the people in government have, um, have also... Um, Uh, not had the privilege of the type of education that they should have had. So, you know, they also don't necessarily have the skills to, to um, do as well as they could. So it is, I think, the inherent um, state of being is that it is going to take longer than we all wished for. And, and the fact it, it takes longer is due to the history of this especially of this country was that? yes i think it's the uh, it's partly the history and also partly the i think the government has been um has let the people down yeah and yeah. maybe they don't want it to change i'm sure there's that small part believe me we have our problems here yeah, too for sure mm. whenever i hear a government's coming out with a new program to help kids but i'm like, oh great non-profit please yeah. you're just yeah. going to have to go to the to the private sector Because so government, if there, if anybody can screw something up, it's government. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know? I'm glad you see that the the private citizens are like yeah. like yourself, yeah. uh, successful or, or maybe have the chance to go all over the world and see other other mm. type of uh, educational or meet other people that you can be involved like yeah. you are. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, about the SOS children. So I didn't even think this way that. Actually, um, citizen, private citizen could take over, not over the government, but support the government. Yeah, no, definitely. We have that in South Africa. And we see it's, it's very beautiful to see, you know, yeah. how everyday people get involved and help each other and support each, uh, support each other. So that's been a beautiful case. And I think, I mean, I think they, um, that's what's saving the whole situation at the moment. So, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's usually that way. Mm. It's that way in the animal movement, yeah. the environmental movement. Yeah. Don't count on the U.S. government to help with that. Yeah. 
You got yeah. Best Friends Animal Society. You got Last Chance for Animals. You've got, yeah. and that's all private. Mm. And you come together. If you want work done, you take small teams of people mm. and make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always going to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, being that we're just talking about government, um, I don't know how much they're involved with this, but I know that what resources do you um do you have in conjunction with SOS Children's Villages? Are there any other things that that help uh, youth that work in concert maybe with SOS? We're talking about government assistance or working with or other, maybe in other nonprofits or, or religious. religious. Is like, is there a network? Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of um, organizations helping kids because there's an extremely big need. In South Africa, there's there are many many kids that have lost their parents, um, or that have been abused by their parents, or have been neglected by their parents, or have not been able to be taken care of by their parents. So there's this, um, an incredible amount of young kids that are just lost, oh, and um, oh. yeah. So um, uh, you know we had the, the huge AIDS pandemic, and that made many kids um parentless, parentless yeah. yeah and uh, but but um since then um you know it's it's all these causes so there there's a whole lot of um you know private government um uh, organizations um non-profit organizations that are now take trying to take up the slack but the 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 need is overwhelming so you know what we just try and do what you can you you kind of feel like you you know uh, the, the need is so overwhelming that you don't know where to start yeah but uh, i think the thing is just to start somewhere and do something yeah. you know so that's basically what i'm trying to do so i did a, a lot of research when i started to see which organization i wanted to support because you wanted to make sure that they do good work and the mm -hmm. the thing about the sos children's villages as they actually started during the Second World War when so many uh, oh. kids lost their parents. And um, so what they do in South Africa is they create families for kids that don't have families. So they, they create a house and they put 10 kids in the house. Um, if they, some, some of them would be siblings, like biological siblings uh, and others not. And they, create, they put a house mother in there. And this mom brings up the 10 kids. And then that 10 kids is in the, uh, the bigger surroundings of um, a little village. Um, it could be, you know, uh, houses um, kind of dotted in the, the whole community or in the SOS Children's Village Innerdale that I support. It's actually a little village of houses, each having 10 kids. And then they has, have a house father that kind of helps to run the whole village and organize wow. and that's uh, incredible yeah so it's they, like its own community yeah exactly they and they do the night the thing that i like about them is they support the kids they never give up on them mm. so these kids are supported when they finish school they're supported into tertiary education or employment and after that still being supported to make sure that they really go somewhere. So you know that the money that you spend there is really working, you know, and it's a it's a very kind, loving environment for the kids and and these lost kids really find somewhere to call home. So so I decided, well, this is, you know, my little bit that I'm gonna do. So I um I'll invest. So I've been sponsoring one of these houses all their living costs for about oh, 20 years now wow that is amazing wow yeah so all my music um income all my um cd sales and streaming and all that money goes towards the kids and so that's basically um what i've done and i've also built a house there's a there's a different village in rustenburg and i've built a house there for another 10 kids um, so basically that's been my kind of my um, little contribution that I feel 
is making such a small difference, but it's just my little bit that I can do. I don't think it's that small. It's not I mean, ten. 10 kids for 20 years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that that's a lot of years and a well, lot that, of support. And yeah. you don't know that ripple effect yes. and how that is going to. You mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah, to populate. One kid as, yeah, yeah exactly. Like 10. And, and there's one, for example, the one girl, she went to study and she studied engineering at university. And um, then she became an engineer. And then um, she left engineering, started her own travel company. And she's been incredibly successful. And to see that happening from a, from a little girl that was lost, that had nowhere to go, is just beautiful. So, yeah, it's been incredibly beautiful to see, you know, these kids shine. Not all of them. Of uh, course. Yeah, not all of them. A lot of, you know, some of those kids are so damaged. Yeah. That they can never recover. Uh, oh wow! You know they are. They've been abused so badly, and they they have some mental or some sure. learning problems, uh, and uh, you know we try and find somewhere for them to do their thing. And but there are many beautiful success stories, and even those kids that are damaged beyond repair um, still have a much better place in the world now than they would have had. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. Um, there was one angle, uh, of course, you helping those kids and you helping them sometimes, like you said, first to do the repair and put them on their feet and then put them into a house and get them a normal life, some kind of normal life. Yeah. Once that is done and it's been for, you said, 20 years you've been doing that. So how do you, uh, that's your sense of mission, your contribution. How do you awaken in them? After they get older, or a little bit older, how do you get them to see what I do is I help you becoming stronger? Or maybe you don't tell them, but they sense it. How do you awake that in them too, to maybe helping others, uh, kids in the future? And maybe finding, uh, identifying their potential. Yes. You know, like you see that sparkle in them and like, oh, she's really good at that. Or like the engineering yes. student, you know, how do you yeah. see do that you potential? Dial and do you talk yeah. with them? Well, I, you know, I think kids learn mostly by example. You know, um, you mm-hmm. can talk to them, but you have to lead by example. So I, like we all, uh, you know, if you if you grow up and you see your parents having a, a loving relationship, then you you find it much easier to have a lo- loving relationship. True. So I think kids look around at the people around them. And if they have um, some figures that they can find examples in, you know, um, then um, you know, but um, you know my role in that um, uh, at the SOS Children's Village. I just, I mean, you know, they used to come to my house and we um, we used to just have like parties. Yeah. It's just fun times, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's basically what we've been doing. Um, but so the SOS Children's, uh, the mothers are amazing. The mm-hmm. these uh, because these are normally women who've already brought up their own kids and then start all over wow. with a, with a new family, you know. Wow. And, all uh, kinds of ages? Yeah, all kinds of ages. But they're normally people who've already done their, you know, they've, they, they might, you know, it might be someone that had a child at 18 and, uh, and the, those kids are, be, are grown up already. Then in their 40s, they become a house mother, for, an SOS house mother, and then they, these are just the most incredible, loving, uh, nurturing people that you just can find giving, you know, giving with not expecting anything back, and um, and it's beautiful to see, and and you know the these kids really appreciate it. Like the 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 girl that I mentioned that became an engineer, she's still in touch with. Um, um, she takes her mom. The, the house mother on holidays. Wow. Oh, man. And, yeah, it's beautiful. So so yeah. all, are the kids that come into these homes different ages from all kinds of ages, like maybe up to 18 or? Yeah, they, they come, they're normally younger, um, but they come from a few months till maybe six years old, a little bit, maybe eight. Um, and as they leave the house, then a new child comes in. 
mm-hmm. you know. How, how often do you talk to them? How often do you see them? Well, I I used to see them um, a few times a year only, and now um, it's been even more difficult with COVID sure. and with all my travels overseas. Cool. But I I do you know even in COVID when us musicians had a terrible financial time, I made it a priority to still make my contribution and. And wow! Because you know you can't let those kids down. No, <laughs> it's, it's it's a responsibility. Yeah, like, like you teach your own kids. Yeah, yeah, you just can't let them down. Yeah, you. I just and so that's my my number one responsibility. Even if I can't afford it. Wow! You know, yeah, I'll I'll make it somehow. Work. Make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's that responsibility, the commitment. I was a, a big sister in Big Sisters of Los Angeles, and I was assigned. Um, to an 11-year-old kid who had lost her mother, father dating someone from his office, you know, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of drama for an 11-year-old to go through. But it was that commitment. And they we had to go through the training, and they said, when you commit, you do it. If you're going to be flaky, this is not the program for you. Yeah. That kid may seem introverted and not conversing or whatever, But you'll know by their behaviors. They might move the blinds to see if you're there yet, to see if you're pulling up at 1 o'clock on Saturday like you had promised. And I was clockwork. I mean, when I commit, that's it, because that's what that kid is expecting. And And she ended up helping me when my own mother passed, Yeah, an 11-year-old. And like you said, it's by example. It's definitely, they're watching you. Yeah. They're observing you. Yeah, and those kids... That's what keeps you going. You huh? know? Yeah. Because actually, I remember when I, uh, the, on a side note, I used to get, uh, as a student, I, I used to get very, like on Sundays, I got so depressed. Um, I got really depressed on Sundays. But when I had my own kids, all that depression just disappeared <laughs> because oh. I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they would see it exactly. <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, I had bigger thing to worry about yeah. uh, than yeah. my my main, uh, you know, <laughs> responsibilities to make sure they're okay. And that took such precedence that I actually I didn't even think about being depressed again. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't think that's going to be the answer for everybody. But I'm just saying that yeah. having a mission outside of yourself, yes. or, or a passion outside of yourself that that you're responsible to and that you're passionate about doing, really is. Also, fantastic oh. for your own mental health. Oh, I think I think yeah. it's it's number one. It's yeah. very important. Is it hard when the kid has to leave the house when it's time for them to go? Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think. But you know, they deep they do keep contact. That's a nice thing with the SOS Children's Villages is that they keep contact. You know, as they they support, keep on supporting. Yeah, them. and it's a continuum. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it is a continuum, and we had. You know, when we had our yearly Christmas parties, we had people who's already left the house, the kids, and they would still come for the Christmas party. Oh, that's you know? so great. Yeah. So when they leave, around what age do they usually leave? Well, at, at, at school leaving age, which is around 18, yeah. okay. then, they, then they go to some kind of tertiary education, a university, or um, they study some diploma or some um, artisan uh, or they go and work if they can find right. work somewhere, and then. But they've got a, a secondary house, um, kind of a secondary village just next to this village, where they house those kids oh as a kind gosh. of a kind of a halfway house to independence. Wow! Wow! You know? That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. That's fantastic. So. I don't know that we have anything no, like that I don't in America. Think so. I mean, I don't. There's not a location would, in America, that, is that there? Actually, it would be a good place. I don't know. I don't, I don't think there it's is. It's mostly Europe and mm-hmm. South Africa. Let's do some research. Maybe we can put some uh, uh, link on the podcast. That's really amazing. Definitely. Uh, well, I know that um, with regard to uh, awakening a child's potential, I'm sure you see a sparkle or something, and then you just your intuition kind of takes over. So then you be you assume this kind of role. Do you see yourself like? A mentor to them and do you approach it long term 
until they're like eight, until they reach like say 18 or whatever. And it's time for them to leave the house and then you cry and all that stuff. But I mean, I would, I would be a mess, but, um, are you, do you look at it long-term or? Yeah, I, I kind of feel, um, that you really just have support to support what they are interested in instead of, you know, decide what they should be interested in. And, you know, I think a lot of parents... That would be bad that. parenting. Yeah, yeah, a lot of parents decide, okay, this is what my kids should do. And even I, you know, like my my kids are not into music. And when my, my and I, I thought they would be, you know, my son, for example, he started playing the flute um, uh, and he, oh. was, he was amazing, but he didn't really like it. Oh. You know, but I, when I saw how quickly he learns and I thought, He's, this is such an amazing opportunity for him because I have already you know it took me such a long time to find out the way to play the flute because I I learned from very many teachers and so many times that I have to uh, find discover that I've been doing something wrong the wrong technique and then start all over and then relearn that and, and I thought the nice thing is I already know exactly how to do this and I can help him and I was so I was so enthusiastic about it, but, but then he didn't really he like wasn't. it. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was good, but not excited. <laughs> so, um, so, but I I think the thing is, and so now he's a software engineer, and he loves it. Oh, know? perfect! Yeah, he loves. He he programs the whole day, and then when he comes home, he programs for fun. You oh know? dear! So <laughs> yeah, he's definitely hardcore. <laughs> so, oh wow! So. So he, you know, that's when you know someone is doing the right thing. And uh, my my daughter is a graphic designer, you know. And so um, I think it's just to encourage kids to do where their passions are and, and just to facilitate it, to give them the opportunity to follow that. That's mm-hmm. kind of, I think, the, the role as mentor or guide, you know, is to facilitate... Yeah their own direction. And I think that you will see things like the engineering. I'm sure you notice like, oh, I think this kid's pretty good at math. Like yeah. she's doing my taxes and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, maybe we should explore this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then you find out, wow, she's a genius. Yeah. And yeah, then it, it, off it, you go. As as we um, as we became Buddhists for a long time, Tracy and myself, and we, uh, we got familiar with the concept of mentor and mentee. And we realized... Uh, Actually, I just did it for the Grammy. I just uh, because there's a there's yeah a, we both did yeah. we both did it yeah, yeah. And, and I resigned. But we're gonna see uh, how that goes for a second time. But this concept of mentor and mentee, I think, is a great relationship that could benefit for both of of the both of the person. And I think it's hard to be a mentor, but it's as well hard to draw from mentoring. Uh, looking at somebody that can help you and in the meantime, helping somebody. That's where the relationship is really working out. And with Tracy, where we've been trying to develop that personally, it's not easy. No, it is very, very <laughs> difficult. In, in the music world, it's even more difficult yeah. because it's so hard to make a living in the music world yeah, that yeah. You, you don't really want to know because I think each, each of us found our own very unique way. Yeah. And uh, there's not so much a tried and tested way that not many exist. You kind of have to find your own way. And that's hard to to mentor someone into doing that. Exactly. And and what's really uh, incredible is that there's music is so in the moment too. I mean, we're talking about the moment. The music is so in the moment. So thinking about what's going to happen, because financially it's not easy to. So thinking that, wow, how are we going to help somebody else when it's hard already for me? Really takes it out of your your personality. Because sometimes they're like, yeah, I want you to mentor me. How can I be playing uh, SoFi in two months? You know, (laughs) I mean, uh, maybe not the right mentor for you right now, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, or uh, sometimes uh, the... Kids want to, they want to get there, but they don't want to do the work. Yeah, sometimes right. they, you know, I'm like, learn to play piano before you, 
I mean, you can comp- actually you don't need to play the piano to compose. You can already do it. It sure but, is easier. But it's definitely an amazing skill. Yes. If you want to, if you're going to be a musician, play some instrument really well. Uh, correct. To me, that's that's uh, basic. <laughs> that's a basic. It's not a necessity, and and I know some some musicians have done incredibly well without playing an instrument well, but they good with software right. and um, so they've, they've got their skills there but uh, definitely to do the work you know yeah. is such a big part of it and so many kids are not really don't want to in- do the work <laughs> this reminds me i have to tell a little story that i had in my fourth grade i taught a beginning flute class and believe me that's about all i could do <laughs> I, I hate to even say that in front of you it's actually pretty humiliating i just humiliated <laughs> myself on my <laughs> podcast episode okay no, I'm not going to play in front of you ever. <laughs> but there was this one girl, she just could not get a sound. And this went on for two and a half months from September before the winter break. Oh. She was really feeling like the outcast in the class. And there's always the one who like, oh, it was super easy for me. I did it right away. You know, there's that kid. Yeah. There's always one of those. Yeah. So the winter break happens and she came back. And I was like, okay, we're going to pick carry on where we were, take this and that. I was like, what happened to this kid? She slayed it. Wow. And all the, the girl the, the, that was all that, she was just looking like she didn't have anything to say. She said, I practiced a lot. My dad yeah. told me her dad's like into sticks and like all these rock bands and Kansas uh-uh. and Pink Floyd and stuff. So she was all, all about all different kinds of music. But she really connected with the instrument. It just took her a minute. But she put the work in over the break yeah, and she came back and I, I just had to contact her parents and I'm like, I don't know what happened to your kid, but that's a she nice was call amazing. to make. <laughs> yeah. It that's is hard beautiful. to push them too. It's but yeah. she did it on her own because she knew she had to put the work in. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, that I, I think one of the life, most important life skills is perseverance. I think so. You know, because, because without perseverance, you know, you could be so talented, but it doesn't matter what kind of job you do. People, you know, um, you're going to hit some hurdle. Sure. And there's going to be something that you don't enjoy in any job. Correct. You know, a lot of people think that you should enjoy every moment of your job. No. In every job, there's something that you absolutely don't like and you have to push past those hurdles, overcome those hurdles, and that'll bring you rich, you know, rich rewards. Yeah. But if you don't have that ability to persevere, to do something that you absolutely hate, maybe, perhaps, or something that you have a mental block against, or something, you, you kind of have to just push, push, push past it. And then, um, you know, that that's what my mom always used to say. She says it's so much more important to persevere than to be talented. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct, Wouter. And, and, yeah. and, and teaching that to kids is a very important uh, task to do, definitely. Yeah. Well, I have to use Kobe Bryant. I know I use yeah. him as an example all the time. He was a good basketball player when he was young, but it was the perseverance. He wasn't like a LeBron who was just yeah. came out, perfected everything. Yeah. He had to work his basketball every single day, and that's why he ended up being a GOAT is because he worked it. Yeah. It was the perseverance of it. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. we want to do, we wanted to ask you if you could give us a story. If you have one of your children, one of those children, the, the kids in mind, that was a success story. I know you mentioned the, the person already that yeah. became, um, what was what job she was? Well, yeah, that's sounds actually, like she could take her pick. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the story that I would would tell oh okay yeah because you know she 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 came from a very disadvantaged place and she really flourished and uh and you know into study engineering is very challenging it's no joke it's academically of of the degrees that you can study it's really i studied engineering myself so i i know it's um it's very, very challenging. And um, to come from that background and, uh, you know, it's, it's a little miracle. It's, it's, a, it's a major miracle. 
and uh, you know and to and then to have the initiative and the entrepreneurship you know um because she was very much sought after um in south africa as an engineer oh. uh, um, and um, because we have that whole drive to diversification diversification in south africa so if you come from a, um, a underprivileged background uh, you know, we have the the whole South African system that would then help you in the future. So underprivileged people get um, more support. You know, uh, if you if there's, you know, if you're looking for a job, you'll you're more likely to find a job if you. Um, and there's a whole system in South Africa that um, that works to encourage that. Um, so she was very much in demand. But she didn't take that easier route for her. She actually went and started her own company, <laughs> which is much more challenging. Yeah, for sure. And um, so it was just beautiful to see and also beautiful to see her then take the house mom because now she owns a few houses. Oh, oh now she's great. giving back. Yeah, yeah. she's oh, taking, she's taking the great. house mom on holidays. Oh, wow. And looking after her and... Um, you know. So she's working with you now, basically. She's <laughs> doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, talk about passing the baton. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And how old is she now? She's um, perhaps 25. Wow. 25. She's, um, yeah, she's, I think, mid-20s now. She, she's done fantastically well. Oh, this is yeah. such a great story. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's a tough one to top. Which, <laughs> which one is the oldest one that you still have a relationship with? Um, that must be her... It must, must be, be her, her. yeah, okay. because I've only done this for about 20 years. Okay. Now. Yeah. So she was really oh, young. She when was you, tiny she then. Was very yeah. tiny when yeah. you met her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's her name? Yeah. Rachel. Rachel. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, congratulations, that's Rachel. That's really good Definitely. to hear. That was I love good. it. So, um, how, of course, I have to bring, because you are the musician that you are, um, how is working with you? had an impact on your music or on artistry sorry how how, how, do, how has working with the youth oh. had an impact on your music whether it's composing or playing or just you as an artist youth or um like the soweto one or like yeah yeah underprivileged no. yeah. areas yeah i know it's at, at, at you know the thing is um kids are so free and in the moment that it's so inspiring to work with them because they just make it happen on the spot, you know, because I, we did that whole project with Mblovu Youth Choir and now I've been working with Mzanzi Youth Choir, which is another incredible South African youth choir. And uh, we've just um, put out a few videos on YouTube and um, they are, you know, I have tears in my eyes when, when, when I work with them because they, the incredible talent that we have in South Africa is just mind-blowing because in South Africa we we uh, we have 11 official languages each language having Ooh. its its own culture its own dance form its own art it's amazing and, to me and and everybody grows up in that rich cultural environment where you aware of everything around and so it's I think it's pretty unique um I only discovered when I started going overseas, how special it is. I thought that's just normal. Yeah. But we, we've got that cultural richness that all the kids in South Africa, and you know the language is rhythmic. Yeah. The, the language is musical. So the way, the way, the, the way uh, these languages, um, you know, you just hear the music as, as people speak. And, you know, I've got, in my in my band I've got black and white musicians and the way they say goodbye is different. It's different. It's different. Just the same just the word bye. The the white musician says bye and the black musician says that on a on a background beat. Bye. Bye. Wow. And Love it. so they say bye and just in the bye you can hear the rhythm. Just in it one syllable word you can hear the rhythm, and and that is the the incredible beauty that 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 all the kids grow up with, 
you know, that and they they grow up and they they sing in the churches, and it's um, and uh, the whole um, culture is around singing, and um, so these kids, these choirs, are absolutely incredible. So they, as much as I try and help them, they help me a lot. They really inspire me, and um, it's 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 really beautiful to work with them. Uh, and kids also they don't see the barriers yeah. you know they like i've got this idea let's compose a new song i think of it as a process you know that's <laughs> uh, going to take a while yeah they just <laughs> <laughs> in my mind it's not easy to, com- right. to compose a new song yes not them they'd say okay let's go let's do it right now and they just do it yeah you know they yeah uh, that's true. so it's very encouraging so it's a two-way street. I, I absolutely get as much back as I oh, give yeah. in that process. Amazing. Yeah, the, I, I saw uh, the Saweto Choir when you did this, that uh, YouTube video. was the colors and the joy, the smile just to be on video and just to... What a collaboration. That's, yeah. That's amazing work. But, yeah. but are they... So they learn in churches. That's where they are. A lot of the kids yeah. grow up in church, um, and like for example, my bass player um, in my band, he didn't even tell me he he sings, um, and until one day, like he was already in my band for a few years, <laughs> and oh. we, there was a part that needed to be sung, and he sang, and my mind was blown <laughs> <laughs> because he yeah. had sang from he was when he was three years old in church. And he well, had, yeah, bass players are just like, yeah, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. well, you didn't ask me to do anything else. I'm just going to play You should be quiet. That's right. Yeah. And um, so now, I mean, now he's the singer. He doesn't even play bass anymore. He sings and he also plays percussion because they, he grew up playing yeah, percussion. Yeah, of course. Well. So, but he's got this incredible voice that I never knew about and he doesn't even consider himself a singer. Oh, wow. And he's, you know, he's just mind-blowingly mm. good. So... Um, this is the kind of thing, you know, that, that you discover. Um, it's just this incredible innate talent. Uh, it's it's kind of innate because it's part of the culture, because part of the way of growing up, but it's also just because they spend a lot of time singing. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly dance. So it has impacted that. a lot of yeah. your... I mean, we know... I mean, I know a little bit of your body of work, and I can see that... Every time there's a collaboration, you're big on collaboration. Yeah. You are big on, on, on uh, helping or s- uh, s- some kind of choir supporting you or somebody. Or even the visual is incredible. It, uh, the one uh, word I would use is explosive. Yes, explosive. That's uh, when I see it. When you yes. see all the color and the visual and the collaboration, I always think explosive. Yeah, yeah. This, and this is, this is what comes from them. Yeah. You know, this is not me. This is mm. what they're bringing to the table that I just, I just help to channel it. Oh, you have channel, yeah. Yeah, that's which is of, a hard task. Yeah, and I, I often have to, because my first instinct, often in many of my collaborations, is to stop playing the flute and just do their thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Yeah, because these these people are so amazing that I just I just want to like. Do let them do their thing completely, but I have to stop myself and and make myself play the flute. Yeah, stuff. Um, yeah. and and somehow, uh, you know, we we also have been going to India and um, do a couple of times. We've been to the Rajasthan International Folk Festival, and so they they get us, they fly us there a week before, and we spend time with this um, these folk musicians who've never left their village who doesn't speak any word of English, that the, the music's been passed on from generation to generation. Yeah. And then we spend a week together. But the amazing thing is that these, these musicians from India and us from South, South Africa. Africa can find an instant connection. It's wow. incredible. That's what I find surprising. So I believe deep in our roots, you know, um, over thousands of years, uh. There's a kind of a route that we just know about and that we all tap into 
and that we can find. And I, I think in South Africa and India, um, these, um, the musicians are closer to those roots and they can guide me and help me to find those roots again. That is why yeah. you win that collab. You won that Grammy with the collaboration with an Indian yeah. artist again with Ricky. So exactly, it's fantastic yeah. that you were able to discover that connection that it, that is happening. So yeah. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for. Uh, wow, I'm uh, super pumped. Yeah, me too. I'm like now. I'm like, whoa! I gotta get. I gotta out go look for some kids to encourage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go look tomorrow. But 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 the. The best things you said, you said you have to go get out of yourself and somehow found a passion that will help you help others. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, that's what happiness is about, is focus outside of yourself. Because um, if you, I think, to very, just looking after your own needs, it's a very small world and that could implode on you and if you look outwards and help and focus outside i think it's a, a formula for happiness really the wisdom of africa that's it man <laughs> you flew all the way here to give us all this wisdom it's a pleasure and such a honor thank you so much for yeah we're gonna um i'll leave talking. in the show notes um Yes. Voters contact information. Um, by the way, if people want to learn more about you, where they where can they find you? Well, they could um, just they, they can find me on YouTube, for example, Voter Kellerman. That's W O U T E R Kellerman K E L L E R M A N. And I think I've got about eighty YouTube videos already over the years. Yes. And um, so that's a very good spot. Uh, but I'm also on all the social media. Mm -hmm. or we'll put all this Spotify. in the show yes. notes in yeah. your website. You, as those well. videos, people, you gotta yeah. go watch them. They are yeah. so up spirit. The colors, <laughs> the music, and everything. So, but thank you so much yes. for hanging out with us today. Uh, such a, it's a beautiful pleasure, and I, I love spending time with you. Thank you. Yeah, and, it was uh, fantastic. We're on, all on the same road. Yes. We so, all on the same road. Yeah, we'll do uh, it again for sure. Definitely. We'd love to. So how about a fun fact? Yeah, let's go. Let's well, go. I have a very low threshold for idiocy, and things drive me crazy. I sometimes have a short fuse and feel like doing this activity at times. Some of you may feel the same way. So, banging your head against a wall for one hour burns 150 calories. I'm going to try it tomorrow. <laughs> well, if you're not really keen on losing a lot of brain cells, you might want to give this calorie burning idea a little, little miss. Just pass over it. How about a safer way to burn 150 calories? Take your dog for a walk. 45 minutes. Oh, that's good. I think that's a better idea. Yes, get the four legs out. We like to meet the usual suspect. Yes. In our neighborhood. How about a spotlight now? Oh, yes. What's our spotlight okay, today? Okay, so uh, it was Super Bowl last month. And uh, look up some... Uh, oh, calorie. That's heavy few, calorie day. Yes. Yeah. And a few years ago, I looked up on something. I think it was during the pandemic for to do something different. And I wanted to do pizza, but I didn't want to do a lot of carbs. And at Trader Joe, I found some lavash. Lavash is a bread, Armenian bread. Uh, it's used usually for wrap and dipping. And so I decided to do pizza. And it's thin pizza. It's so super, it's super thin. thin. Yeah, yeah, it's super thin. So we decided to put, uh, it's square. So, and then about a foot for half a foot. And it's, uh, and we put some pizza on it, some uh, pizza sauce, and then do like a regular pizza, or you can do pesto. But it's really good because when he cooks, it becomes really thin and it's kind of like you can do it um, uh, not too long. So it's mushy a little well, bit. Well, we put it on the pizza stone. You yeah. heat up the pizza stone in the oven at 350 and let it yeah. preheat and then stick it on there for, not what, 10 minutes? Yeah. You're done. Then, yeah. So for those of you who wants to save ca uh, calorie and not eat too much carbs, then that's a good one that they would want to do. Mm. We're going to actually have Voter Kellerman read the quote for this episode. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite quotes by Nelson Mandela. And he says, 
there can be no greater gift than that of giving one's time and energy to help others without expecting anything in return. Nelson Mandela. Wow. Okay. Drop the mic. <laughs> That's it. Was it called him Matiba? Matiba. I love that name. Yes, yeah. I love that name too. We, <laughs> we, we saw... Uh, it was an incredible man, so... In, yeah, absolutely. One Big of a kind. Incredible. Big influence yeah. on you, I'm sure. Uh, huge, huge influence. <laughs> Mold yeah. broken on that one, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Wuta. Again, thank, thank you, you so much. much. For being with us. And yeah. for those of you who are Apple Podcast users, please leave us a five-star review so that we can help reach more people or follow us on your preferred platform where you listen and if you have any questions or topic suggestions please feel free to email at us at rockyourlifeatthevignatis.com and speaking of that remember we are here to help you rock your life your paradise